Hey everybody, Will Houck here with The Roots, Rednecks, and Radicals, and I'm excited to bring you part two of my series called A White Guy Listens to Mexican Music. This episode is going to be on the genre of conjunto, or norteño, or sometimes ranchero, a lot of different ways to refer to this music, but nonetheless, it has a really interesting fascinating and storied history and it's a very important music to uh to the country of mexico and the people of mexico uh both who live in mexico and who have immigrated to the united states as well it's a very working class music it's very folk um uh, sort of based uh, sort of music and um i just I, I fell in love with this back in college i mentioned this in the in the episode that I worked with um, uh, some guys who who listened to this style of music, and to me, it just really sounded like country music. Um, I, when I listened to it, I heard a lot of Johnny Cash, I heard a lot of Willie Nelson, I heard a lot of Waylon Jennings in it, and uh, the guys who were into the music uh, reminded me of the the guys in my life who were into those artists as well. So. Uh, I find it um, just really, really fascinating music to listen to. So I hope you enjoy this episode, and uh, I hope that you find uh, some artists uh, to listen to. Um, if you didn't listen to the first episode, go back and listen to that one, because I give you kind of an overview of what I'm going to be doing with the series, and also um, give you some resources. And speaking of that, I'm going to post in the... Um, uh, in, in, when I, when I post this online, underneath it will be uh, some links to some resources if you want to follow up on any of these artists or um, any of the articles that I mentioned. So there you go. I hope you enjoy this episode. And uh, yeah, here you go. Enjoy. So um, the reason I'm doing this is because I'm a, I'm a big fan of music. I'm a big music nerd in all kinds of different genres and whatnot. Um, and I'm also a teacher and I, I teach in a district that has a, a pretty substantial um, Hispanic population, mostly Mexican immigrants, um, you know, um, first, second, third generation uh, living in our town and um, uh, just over the years I've been um, uh, becoming more and more familiar with the different uh, styles and genres of uh, Mexican music and um, when I first started uh, kind of exploring it I like many people knew of mariachi and that was pretty much it that was kind of like my, my big you know that's that's what all Mexican music is and uh, then you know the more you dive into it the more you realize this is a really really diverse set of music and it's pretty fascinating stuff. Um, so this week we're going to be talking about um, Conjunto, um, but also um, uh, in, in the subsequent weeks we're going to be talking about Mariachi and uh, Banda as well, which are two very distinct um, subgenres of Mexican music. So this week, um, Conjunto. So what is Conjunto? Well, it's a, it's, it's a term that as we get into it, you're going to see that there's a lot of terms that you may have heard before that are connected to it um, a, a, as well. But it's a, it's a pretty broad umbrella. In general, it's, um, it's acoustic, um, uh, accordion, and, and um, uh, there's guitar and there's uh, bajo sexto. We'll get into the instruments in a second. Uh, but it's a, it's a pretty acoustic, kind of folky country music uh, kind of thing. In my mind, uh, what I um, see conjunto music as uh, what Americans would say see it as is um it's it's sort of the country music of of, of mexico so you know the, the johnny cash is in the Waylon jennings and, and that that kind of stuff um that that kind of seems to be the vibe of it the, the both the crowd that's into the music um the the guys who and, and the women as well, who um, are purveyors of this music, they tend to come from rural areas in uh, northern Mexico, southern <clears throat> um, uh, Texas kind of uh, region, and uh, it just kind of has that, that that similar kind of vibe to it, and that's very distinct. Um, and uh, you know, we're going to go into the details of it. Uh, I also wanted to mention this as well: um, language can be a huge barrier. When I was um, started to research this and looking at the, the the massive history of recordings and artists who are super super popular throughout Mexico, uh, I, I started thinking to myself, why? 
why has this never caught on anywhere else? And I think just mainly the main thing has got to be the language barrier, which it is real. Uh, but I encourage you to um, uh, to kind of step past that um, and, and listen to the music. It, it's tough because we're used to listening to, to songs. You know, what are they about? What are they singing about? We want to know the story behind the song and all that kind of stuff uh, for sure. And, um, and, and that kind of stuff comes. Uh, but, uh, but I think the music... Um, itself can really be um, uh, the, uh, the the bridge um, uh, and, and and help you in test. So even if you don't understand what what's being said, um, Google Translate is your friend. You know, you, you can look up the lyrics, copy them into Google Translate. I do that a lot, and uh, you know, it's kind of interesting. I really like language as well, so that's an interesting thing. So there you go. Now let's talk about the um, the history of conjunto music. So brief little history. You can kind of divide it into two eras. There's the pre-war and post-war um, era. World War II is the war we're talking about here. So so everything uh, before World War II looks a little bit different. And then obviously you're going to get a lot more recordings post-World War II. The people were recording stuff before uh, World War II, but, um, but you, there's just a lot more afterwards. Um, in that uh, uh, pre-war period, um, there were two main artists that were really well-known, Norisco Martinez and uh, Lydia Mendoza. Um, and, and in this era from... Basically, the early 1900s up to um, you know um, 1945 or so, that was what was referred to as la nueva generación, the new generation. And um, uh, what came before that was kind of different styles of things. I don't need to get into that. I'll, I'll uh, kind of get distracted if I do that. But nonetheless, this new generation um, is is from like 1900s, uh, early 1900s to about 1945. The two most important figures from that are Norisco Martinez and uh, Lydia Mendoza. And I think it's pretty cool that there's a, that this woman in that, um, in that little um, uh, group there. And uh, she was definitely well-known, well-respected, and uh, well-liked uh, for sure. Um, so what was happening there was that this music was um, largely accordion-based. It's kind of like the, one of the main defining characteristics of the music. And a lot of these artists were, were playing throughout um, uh, northern Mexico and southern Texas. Um, there was some some border crossing taking place, and, and there were basically uh, musicians who were playing dances and things like that to make money, and uh, just trying to do whatever they could to um, uh, to pay the bills. And um, uh, they would play in, in small groups, small bands, and um, you know play um, uh, parties and um, functions and, and uh, places where people were together and um, uh, make their living by doing that. Now the instruments. Like I mentioned before, is the accordion is kind of the, the, the king of conjunto. It's like the, the, the main thing that people identify with it. And then there's also the bajo sexto or bajo quinto. Um, basically the same instrument. It's just the amount of strings. Now, this instrument's very similar to the uh, mandolin. Um, in that, if I don't know if you know what a mandolin looks like, but there's, there's doubled up strings. So there's eight strings on a mandolin. It's, it's, two, uh, it's four sets of two. And, um, and so each, each string is kind of a duo of strings, a low one and a high one. And it gives it a particular tone a characteristic sound uh, to it so um uh, the bajo sexto very very popular the accordion and the bajo sexto so you might see people playing what looks like a guitar um and the bajo sexto looks just like a guitar um unless you look really close at it and uh, the the string configuration and the tuning is the thing that, that sets it apart but the body of the instrument is very similar to uh to a guitar um there was also guitar played in that as well um bass guitar there's sometimes there's stand-up um, uh, kind of uh, um, uh, upright bass um, and uh, sometimes electric bass um, and sometimes the um, guitarron, which is like uh, this giant, giant, it looks 
cartoonishly big um and they have it has a strap and you hold it it's like imagine a person playing a cello uh but but like with a strap on and holding it like a guitar um uh, kind of thing a very deep bass um type of instrument and it, and it fits in with that bass guitar uh kind of thing and then also a drum kit um we're gonna uh, find out that we're gonna see after world war ii that the um the drum kit um adds this dance element to uh the music and that's very important as well and uh, the drum kit is basically a trap set like an american rock kit uh, kick drum snare cymbals a tom or two maybe a floor tom yeah stuff like that so um you know, just keep a keep a basic um beat now when we come to the terminology of conjunto um there's a bunch of terms that um that are that are connected but but kind of distinct at the same time so you have conjunto Norteño, corridos, and ranchero. So, uh, conjunto we've been talking about. Norteño refers to um, it, it means north, so it's like the northern um, uh, region, and uh, so that's talking about like southern Texas, northern uh, Mexico kind of region. Uh, corridos are ballads. Um, if you're familiar with a, an American ballad, it's a story of a person, and it tells the the story of that person um, in, in in song form. That's what a corrido is. And uh, there's uh, throughout the history of, of Mexican music, conjuntos and whatnot many 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 very famous corridos and uh, there's a, that's a popular um style of songwriting and then there's also the term ranchero i almost I, I from what i can understand um you know researching this ranchero and conjunto are essentially uh, interchangeable terms so ranchero means you know, ranch this is ranch music country music uh kind of a thing and um and and, and you, you see in literature both those terms getting used. Um, it seems to me with um, Mexican Americans referring to this style of music that, that you, you hear the word um, ranchero a lot more. And so um, uh, very, very similar terms. And they basically are explaining um, the same, the same thing. Um, and like I said before, in a broad sense, they, all these terms fit under the umbrella of uh, conjunto. Uh, but it's also a regional thing. So you're, you're going to find it. You go to different regions in Mexico. Uh, things are going to be called um, different things. Also into, into Texas as well. With Mexican populations in Texas, um, things are called um, different things. Um, also... Um, the, the genres are, are that, that we know and, and, and just the idea of genre in general, um, it's good to remember that they're an invention of record labels to help market music. So if you're a record label, it's helpful for you to have different categories. And this artist is this and this artist is this and this artist is that. And so th- how we think of genre, musicians don't really think of genre the same way that like record labels think of genres. So record labels are in the business of selling records and, and, and musicians are too. But, but that, the record labels, it's their main goal to sell records and so they have to market, they have to advertise. And so genres are really more in that realm. When it comes to musicians, I guess what I'm saying is that musicians like to just play music. And, and we all have influences and we play different stuff. And uh, But I, I, what I found is that musicians and songwriters oftentimes don't think about um, uh, genres uh, too much. When you, when you ask them about genre, they, they oftentimes get a little irritated. They're just like, oh, I don't know, it's, it's rock, it's country, whatever. I don't really care. So anyway, that's that's an important thing too. Uh, to remember as well. Um, another aspect of um, the, the music that's interesting to me is that the harmonies are in thirds. And that means that's a you know, music term, but um, basically means the notes are a, a, a third away from each other. Think of bluegrass music. Um, when you hear bluegrass and they're harmonizing, when there's more than one person singing at the same time, um, that, that, that's harmony. Um, it, it, the, 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 in bluegrass, they sing in thirds as well. And so um, uh, the uh, conjunto and ranchero, um, it really um, does, does similar things. Now, Bill Monroe and Flatten Scruggs um, are kind of the you know, originators um, 
uh, quote unquote of, of bluegrass. And, um, so, uh, they, they leaned heavily on thirds as well in their vocal harmony. So, um, if you want to like sort of, uh, make a, uh, an equivalency, think of bluegrass when it comes to the, um, the vocals. Um, now when it comes to the music and the rhythm, it is very blatantly polka music. And this is really, really interesting to me. So um, there's a huge German influence in Mexico. Um, lots of German inf- Germans, um, immigrants moving into Mexico in the 1800s and the 1900s. Same thing was happening uh, here in, in America. There was a lot of Germans moving into, um, into America, Ellis Island, and, and all that stuff. And uh, many of us, I'm, I'm of German heritage, and many of us of German heritage, a lot of our families came over uh, to the United States in that time period. Well, the same thing was happening um, it, it with immigration into um, Mexico. And uh, think about this. If you've ever drinking a Corona beer, uh, a Modelo, um, there's um, a, a bunch of Pacifico, a bunch of different Pilsner style beers. Um, those are all, all Pilsners and, and a Pilsner originated in Germany. It's a, it's a style. It's a lager. It's a, it's a style of beer um, uh, from, from um, you know, very popular in the Bavarian Southern Germany uh, sort of a region. But, um, but, but when the Germans came to the Americas, they brought brewing with them. And so that, that influence of Mexican beers, um, Pacifico, Corona, Modelo, all that, um, those are, those are German beers, you know, and, and, and then the music came with them as well. Um, there were other, um, immigrants happening as well, other immigration happening as well. The Italians were coming in and, uh, all these people were bringing instruments. They were bringing food. They were bringing culture and blending was, was taking place. So it's really fascinating because, um, I, I tend to think of America as this, this giant melting pot, and uh, I tend to think of Mexico as being more monolithic um, and you know just having its own you know kind of Mexican history to it. But um, really fascinating to learn about the, um, the the European influence of people coming into Mexico in this time period. Now they brought the polka with them, and guess what? The main instrument from the polka is the accordion. Okay, so if you've ever heard an accordion, a Mexican you know playing an accordion, and uh, you've ever drinking a Corona or Modelo. Like that's the German Mexican fusion that's happening here. It's super, super fascinating stuff. So um, this style of music, the conjunto uh, ranchero stuff, very, very, very polka esque, and um, and and you know it's it's just kind of a, a kind of a weird thing. We don't think to um, uh, to connect those things. Now um, this. Uh, this accordion music was very danceable and very lively. And so um, uh, these, these artists, these musicians were uh, going around to dances and playing for people to, uh, to make a living. And this is also in the pre-war period is before radio and TV. Radio and TV comes around in that time period. Um, and so before that, people are just going to have to hear uh, live music. But then as radio comes around, uh, people start to record music and play their music on the radio and then eventually TV as well, which means two record companies become the dominant force behind this music. There is um, Ideal and Falcon. Um, they're very similar to um, what I would think of um, uh, similarities to Sun Records and Fat Records or Blue Note or various indie labels that happened in American uh, music. So Sun Records is where Johnny Cash, Elvis Presley, uh, Roy Orbison, Jerry Lee Lewis, th- those are guys get started in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, Fat Records was a, uh, a punk label from uh, Southern California founded by, uh, run, run by um, Fat Mike of No Effects. And um, they signed and made famous a, a ton of, of punk bands in the 90s. So I just think of it as like a, um, an indie label that ended up affecting popular culture around it. Um, so Sun Records was the same thing. It was, it was a bunch of very regional 
um, blues rock and roll guys. And then that ended up changing the face of American music uh, all around. And, and Fat Records, um, uh, in a lot of ways, did the same thing, Epitaph, um, as well in the 1990s. Blue Note is a classic indie jazz label. Uh, all, all, all the great jazz artists have been, uh, have played on that. And, and, you know, they've gone from being kind of, you know, unknown, small, um, artists to um uh, to, to transforming culture um you know like coltrane and miles davis and guys like that so um so yeah so these, these little indie labels uh can actually branch out and have a, a a pretty big impact on uh the the, the culture around them uh but but ideal and falcon uh were the two main ones all right so that's a little bit of history to the music now we're going to get to the actual um music so we're going to start with um, the pre-war um, artists, Nar- Narisco Martinez and uh, Lydia Mendoza. Uh, I want to play just a little bit of the song, um, you know, like the verse and the chorus, uh, kind of a deal. And then fade it out, and uh, we'll, we'll just kind of go through this. i got um, uh, a number of artists to get through and uh, play these guys for you. So I, th- I think you'll enjoy uh, these songs. The pre-war artists, to me, sound a lot, you know, it sounds older. It sounds like you know the the microphones and the recording equipment and all that kind of stuff was um, was more old fashioned and you kind of hear it in the music it's a little more lo fi it's a little more gritty uh, that kind of stuff but you can still hear you know the 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 spirit of the music so this first one is um, Narisco Martinez and the song is called uh, Muchachos Alegres and um, just listen for um, uh, he has a, a very distinct style of playing accordion and um, and there's no vocals in the this. Um, so uh, we'll listen to this one first and then uh, come back in just a second. That's a little Narisco Martinez and uh, his songs Muchachos Alegres. And um, yeah, just, I really like his, uh, his his style of accordion playing. And uh, it's being you know, a little bit older. Um, it has its own kind of uh, vibe to it. Now, the next um, uh, pre-war artist, um, Lydia Mendoza, um, she's going to be the only woman on the list. Um, but um, nonetheless, I think it's important to include her, maybe, you know, especially because um, uh, she's a, um, a, a woman on the list. And um, uh, her music has a distinct um, a style. We're not going to hear accordion in this one. Um, we're going to hear guitar and uh, singing in this one. Uh, the song is called Mal Hombre, and uh, she has a really, really uh, cool and distinct voice. So this is Lydia Mendoza, Mal Hombre. Casualmente me encontraste y a merced a tus artes de mundano, de mi honra el perfume me llevaste, lo hiciste conmigo lo que todos, los que son como tú con las mujeres, por lo tanto no extrañes que ahora en tu cara te diga lo que There you go, a little Lydia Mendoza and her song 
mal hombre. Now we're going to move into the post-war ma- uh, material, post-war period for conjunto uh, music. And uh, in this period, um, the the sound uh, starts to change a little bit. And you can, it, it's it's pretty distinctive um, how different uh, the the sounds are. Um, the first artist we're going to listen to is Valerio Valerio Langoria, and uh, the song is called Tengo Celes de Ti. Um, he's an accordion player. Um, he had his own unique style. It's going to sound different than uh, Norisco. And um, he was famous for combining his singing uh, with the accordion. So sometimes these dances uh, in the earlier period would be um, just a, a band playing and people dancing and not a whole lot of vocals um, taking place. Um, so Valerio um, was known for uh, for his, his, his singing. And um, and then after that, um, you'll, you'll find that um, in Conjunto, it's, it's, it's the singing and the accordion that are um, brought together and are, are both pretty important uh for that style so um so yeah let's jump into it the song is called like i said before uh yo tengo celos de ti and uh, again look for that that accordion and the uh the singing as well here you go Valerio Langoria, Tengo Celos de Ti. And um, yeah, you can hear the, the very distinctive um, drums and bass on that. And that's what gives it that kind of a, a danceable uh, sort of style. And um, and, and also has uh, the polka uh, kind of vibes to it. That kind of deal. Um, that's, that's the polka influence. And so when I read that for the first time, I was like, oh, it's polka music. Oh. Mexican polka, gotcha. Um, and uh, not to take anything away from it, anyway. It just, I was, it just was weird when it, my brain, you know, put those two things together. So um, that's pretty interesting stuff. Now, the next artist is uh, Pedro Ayala, and uh, the song is is called um, El Senderito. Um, and uh, Pedro Ayala was an artist who was um, very, very famous throughout um, uh, uh, Mexico and. Um, uh, and, and Texas as well, and uh, he also played with Norisco Martinez, so he was a contemporary of um, uh, of those guys, and um, uh, just really well known for his his prowess as a um, as a accordion player, singer, and uh, just a musician uh, overall. And so, um, yeah, listen for his, his his kind of um, his style. It's a little bit different uh, than Valerio, but um, you'll start to notice that in this post war period that um, that a lot of these you, there's a new sound that kind of uh, develops, which is a very similar uh, thing that happens in. in in, in all kinds of different scenes, um, a new sound develops, and then uh, people start kind of imitating it, and uh, they don't all sound exactly alike, but there's kind of a vibe, kind of a similarity to it. So um, let's listen to a little bit of Pedro Ayala. <laughs> Oh, 
Pedro. That's some Pedro Ayala, and that one to me has has um, some real polka vibes going on uh, in that one. Sounds very very polka esque, like I'm. Uh, um, at a at a, a German bar drinking some beer and, and enjoying the music, but um, a different style. So there you go, Pedro Ayala. And this uh, this this next tune is going to be another artist um, named Tony De La Rosa. And Sigue uh, Siendo La Misma is the name of uh, of the song. He's famous for adding drums and electric bass um, and, and kind of slowing down the music a little bit and making it more danceable. So um, there's a particular style of dancing. It has this like, um, I, and I don't know what it's called, and, and it's just kind of weird to describe it. Um, it's usually a man and a woman are, are dancing together, and it has this very flowing uh, sort of feel to it. And it's, and it's a very distinct um, Mexican sort of like dance style. Um, uh, th- this this style of music is, is kind of what gave rise to that um, uh, sort of dancing. So, um, uh, so he's known for... For that, so yeah, this is uh, Tony uh, De La Rosa. Sigue, it's called Sigue Siendo. Sigue, sorry, Sigue Siendo La Misma is the name of the song. So here you go. Let's listen to that. And the the style of drums is really interesting to me, in that um, it, it the 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 snare playing just does these random weird things. It's not this uh, this totally consistent beat. The um, the snare will just be like and just does weird uh, interesting stuff to me. So uh, yeah, I, I need to do more research into who um, was his, his drummer because um, uh, I really like the sound of that. All right, this next artist we're going to listen to is an absolute legend of both American and Mexican music. His name is Flaco Jimenez and uh, very, very popular in the San Antonio uh, Southern uh, Texas region and uh, really, really interesting guy. Um, uh, He's very huge in the Mexican music scene, but also... Um, a lot of the folk Americana um, uh, type artists um, uh, from the 60s until now have played with him. Um, so he met up with Doug Sam, who's a, is a Texas um, uh, songwriter, and uh, moved to um, uh, start playing with him and then moved to New York and uh, met up with legends like Bob Dylan, Peter Rowan. David Lindley and uh, Dr. John as well. And so um, he's connected to that whole sort of folk scene that was happening in the 1960s. Uh, he also uh, recorded a song with Dwight Yoakam in the 1980s. And uh, overall is just a legend of uh, both American and uh, Mexican music. So this song is called I de Dejo in San Antonio. And um, his, his accordion playing is legendary. His voice is distinctive. And uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Flaco Jimenez. So let's listen to a little bit of this song. Ya no quiero que me beses ni besarte Ni mirarte ni siquiera oír tu voz Porque supe que tenías otro amante 
Y el Laredo ya tenías otros dos Te gusta mucho el baile y bailas al compás Te vas hasta Laredo y quieres más y más Great song that is. It's so singable. I love that. I was just singing along to it as I was listening there. And yeah, um, just a great chorus, great, very catchy. His accordion playing is, is super cool. And uh, yeah, Flaco, he's, he's, he's an amazing guy. There's a cool uh, Tiny Desk concert if you like those NPR Tiny Desk concerts um, featuring him. So uh, yeah, give that a listen. Sometimes search it up on on the YouTubes or whatever. Now, um, two more artists to listen to. And uh, these are a little more on the modern uh, side of things. First one is uh, Los Tigres del Norte, legendary um, uh, Conjunto Ranchero uh, group. Um, what, what, what to say about these guys? If you don't know them, um, their their uh, catalog is massive. Um, they're unbelievably popular with older generations. Um, people, I would say, like you know, people are like in America who are into like Johnny Cash, Wayne Jennings, you know, so like forties on up, um, but still like younger, um, uh, Mexican Americans, um, like they, they, their grandparents listen to this and they like it, you know, and they, they still listen to it or not, but, um, absolute, absolute legends, Tigres del Norte. And, um, they have a special on, um, on Netflix where they went to Folsom prison, like Johnny Cash and uh, did a concert there as well. Which is super, super interesting. And, uh, just, uh, just, just really, really cool musicians. Now they, they have a song called Somos Mas Americanos, which means we're more American and it's about immigration and it's very relevant to the times that we're living in. Um, this song is a, is a live, um, MTV unplugged version that features Zach De La Rocha of, uh, the band rage against the machine. I'm a huge Rage Against the Machine fan, so when I saw this, it blew my mind. Um, Zach is a Mexican-American, speaks Spanish, plays the Bajo Sexto, and uh, and is, you know, steeped in Mexican culture. And, um, and you know, obviously his lyrics are often very, uh, very political and, um, and, and uh, very politically charged and, you know, has a lot to say about the world. So, um, so this song totally, totally fits into that whole vibe. So um, this is uh, Los Tigres del Norte. The song is uh, Somos Mas Americanos. The basic idea of the song is um, that, you know, in the, in the uh, war, uh, Mexican-American War in 1848, um, the United States took um, the West from Mexico, basically. So everything from uh, Texas New Mexico, Arizona, California, Nevada, Utah, and parts of Wyoming and Colorado uh, were, were taken from – that was all Mexico uh, prior to 1848. And so um, the song talks about how the border changed, but there are people on opposite sides of the border. I have um, a family um, who's connected to that in Wyoming, um, uh, my father-in-law. The Mexican American and his family uh, was, was go way way back um, uh, to that to that um, uh, that time period and uh, are connected to that. So so that was a real thing. You know, the border changed on people and and there's still you know people who want to who come into the country for um, opportunity for work and stuff like that. So this is basically the theme of what they're talking about. Um, and um, yeah, it's it's it, look up the lyrics and, and throw it into Google Translate and uh, just really really pretty heavy stuff um, and, and pretty interesting stuff as well. So, uh, yeah, this is um, uh, Tigres del Norte featuring Zach De La Rocha of Rage Against the Machine and the song is called Somos Más Americanos. <laughs> Quiero re- 
There you go. I heard a lot of uh, Tigris when I was working construction when I was still in college and uh, in work trucks on on work sites with uh, some of the uh, uh, the Mexican guys I worked with. That was super fun. And uh, they kind of in- introduced me to that band. So there you go. Tigres del Norte. Somos más americanos. This last guy um, uh, for Conjunto is a, a, an artist named Chilino Sanchez. And uh, I think he's um, like the outlaw country uh, of uh, Conjunto. Um, so like the outlaw guys, you know, sing a lot about getting arrested and doing, doing drugs and getting put in jail and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Willie Nelson grew his hair out long started smoking weed you know getting into like you know sort of like the um, more sketchy um, parts of life Chilino Sanchez um, uh, sing corridos and uh, sing a lot about um, they're called narco corridos so it's about um, uh, the, the guys who are um, running drugs along the border and uh, so it's, it's a lot of similarity to um, to what was happening in, in, in outlaw country um, and uh, you know there's a lot of like bad stuff that's going on uh, with the with those um, those Mexican gangs and the drugs and all that kind of stuff um, but also like it's it's sort of like a, a, an outgrowth of lack of op- economic op- opportunity so when people don't have um, uh, outlets to good paying work that they can have a savings and feed their family and all that kind of stuff they tend to move towards stuff like this so um, the, the the byproduct of um, this this economic disparity is um, is is this kind of stuff, and so he was singing a lot about that. Uh, so he has certain sort of like a certain reputation when it comes to that. He was um, he died young. He was killed um, and by by, um, uh, by gun violence, and um, and his story is is super fascinating. He's one of those guys that's like super legit. He's not like just singing about stuff and and kind of like you know I, I like Johnny Cash, but like Johnny Cash didn't go to prison until you know or go to jail uh, until well into his career. He was singing about fools in prison well before that. And he was thinking about it metaphorically for sure, but like, um, but he wasn't an actual uh, criminal. Uh, whereas like Merle Haggard heard Johnny Cash in prison. So Merle Haggard was an actual like you know um, criminal, you know, and then he got out and t- changed his life around, made it more positive, became one of the great American songwriters. So uh, you know, Chilino Sanchez is is that kind of a guy, and and um, sometimes uh, you, you see you hear him sort of get a little flack for um, the the type of songs he was singing, but um, you know, I think with the history of country music, it's hard to get away from criminality and outlaw country and that, that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of similarities there. So anyway, this song is called uh, Sus Mejores Corridos. Uh, so this is an example of a corrido a ballad uh, type of song and um uh, and yeah with uh, especially uh, mexican-american men uh chilino sanchez is is legendary so um yeah we'll listen to a little bit of this song and then come on back
Sanchez. So there you go. That is a little uh, history of conjunto uh, Mexican American Mexican music, and um, it's just there's so much uh, to explore there. There's a lot more that I didn't cover because uh, I didn't really have time. Uh, but um, but I'm hoping that this will serve as just sort of a primer. Um, and uh, maybe there's you know one artist out of this group that you thought, oh, that sounds cool. You know, Flaco Menes. I'm going to check that out or something like that. Um, I, over the years, I've become just a, a huge huge fan of uh, Tigres del Norte, and uh, I respect their their music, their songwriting, their impact on their community, and um, I, yeah, I just think there's 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 so much there. So uh, yeah, so I, I encourage you to to check out Mexican music, try and get over the language barrier. Um, you know, if you're interested in what they're saying, Google Translate um, helps. And that's um, that, that's a really helpful thing. And um, also, um, another great resource is to check out Smithsonian Folkways. Um, Smithsonian Folkways, um, and you, you can search up um, once you get to their website. There's a couple different playlists they've put together uh, over the years, and, um, and and that's where I did some of the research and got some of these um, artists that I put on uh, this this show here. But uh, that is a tremendous um, uh, resource. They do so much great history and digging into things and um, giving you really solid, well sourced information on a lot of this stuff uh, because, you know, sometimes the internet is a little sketchy on sources. So uh, there you go. All right. I hope you enjoyed it and I uh, hope you tune in for the uh, the, the other uh, episodes that I'm going to do on mariachi and banda music as well. All right. Well, there you go. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And like I said, I hope you can find some music and some new artists that you're uh, really into and uh, like to enjoy. So in the subsequent episodes, I'm going to talk about mariachi and banda as well. So if you don't know a whole lot about those genres, make sure to look for that episode and uh, listen to it as well. As always, thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Uh, if you have any questions, um, uh, you know, find me on social media, Instagram, Facebook, all that subscribe to the show uh give me a like and a follow and all that kind of stuff and as always thanks for tuning in and have a good one everybody